I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we continue our chronological reading of the Gospels, and we have uh, several passages today that we'll be looking at all fit into the chronology of these events that take place in the week preceding the Passover feast, the one on which Jesus was crucified. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, and then we'll be skipping over to Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. Also, we look at Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, and Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, Luke chapter 19, verses 29 through 40, and John chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. It will become apparent as we read why we're skipping between two passages in Matthew and two passages in Mark in order to observe the chronology. We begin today's reading with Supper at a Leper's House, and that's recorded in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, and John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. First, let's look at Matthew's account, verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor." When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her." Now over in Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her." Now over to John chapter 12, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11, and we'll get some detail that we didn't get in the other passages. Verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, 
and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag, and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone, against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. So here we have three passages recording the same incident. It's interesting here that John's gospel specifically identifies the event to have taken place six days before the Passover. Matthew and Mark, they don't specifically address the exact time of this Bethany experience. Though similar in circumstances, that if this event is different from the earlier occasion reported only by Luke, back in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. While Matthew and Mark report that the meal took place at the house of Simon the leper, uh, John reports that one of the guests was Lazarus, the one having been raised from the dead by Jesus, back in John chapter 11. Perhaps the meal was in his honor, having been resurrected from the dead. Therefore, it's logical to conclude that it was the two sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, who actually prepared that meal. They're mentioned by name in John's account. Likewise, the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with her hair is Mary, according to John when he wrote his passage, and that's presumably the sister of Lazarus. Now, we see that Judas is the one that actually speaks up first. He estimates the value of the ointment that she used at 300 pence, or otherwise known as a penny, which is the translated word from the Greek denarion. Back in Matthew chapter 20, verse 2, we see that one denarion, or a penny or a pence, was the wage given for one day's work in the vineyard. That would make the ointment used here by Mary worth, oh, somewhere between eighteen and $24,000 or so by you know, current wage standards in the United States. While Matthew and Mark don't indicate which disciple complained about the waste of ointment, John clearly identifies that it's Judas Iscariot as one of the culprits here. And he goes on to give us an insight into Judah's motivation for his criticism in verse 6 of John chapter 12 when he says, This said he, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Moreover, it would appear that perhaps Matthew and Mark are relating this instance to some justification in Judah's mind for betraying Jesus, since they include this occasion just prior to their reporting of the betrayal which John does immediately following in Matthew 26, 14 through 16, and Mark also in Mark 14, 10, and 11, and then Luke chapter 22, verses 3 through 6. Matthew and Mark report that other disciples, in addition to Judas, were likewise unhappy about this waste of ointment. All three gospel accounts quote Jesus as having said that this anointing was in preparation for his burial. So, just how much did the Jewish leadership care about the truth? Well, I think it's obvious when you read the reaction in verses 10 and 11 of John's account. It says, But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, 
because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. <laughs> it's interesting. They conspired to have Lazarus put to death simply to destroy the evidence of his resurrection. When Jesus told them that they were their father, the devil, back in John chapter 8, verse 44, you got to admit that these were indeed pretty evil men, yet they were considered to be the most religious men of their day. By the way, going through life with a name like Simon the leper had to be tough. Apparently, he'd been cured of leprosy, and the name just kind of stuck. There's only one thing that I can think of that would be worse, since Judas Iscariot was Simon's son. In John chapter 12, verse 4, we see that. He would later be known as Simon, father of Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. Yep, that's worse. Incidentally, if this story looks familiar, perhaps it's because a similar event took place earlier in Jesus' ministry, recorded back in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. But in that passage, the woman isn't identified, and the time frame there is one to two years earlier than this event just before the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, we have the record of the triumphal entry in all four Gospels, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, Luke chapter 19, verses 29 through 40, and John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. So let's read all four counts. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. And when they drew nigh into Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage, and to the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say all unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they sat him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now we go over to Mark chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem and to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied, whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and found the coat tied by the door without, in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye, loosing the coat? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the coat to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strawed them in the way. 
And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now over to Luke chapter 19, same occasion, verse 29. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat, loose him, and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do ye loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way, and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that had been seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now finally over to John's account in John chapter 12, beginning with verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh, sitting on an ass's coat, these things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. Well, here's the big moment of reckoning for Israel, to which we've been building throughout all the Gospels. What are the Jews going to do with the Messiah during the course of this week? In this passage, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. That was the luxury vehicle of kings. Now, here's the really exciting part. This entry just like it happened, was prophesied back in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a coat the foal of an ass. And the people, they fully recognize the implications here when they cry out in verse 9, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. This word Hosanna is a transliterated Aramaic expression, which literally means help, I pray, or perhaps save, I pray, king of Israel. Alarming words to the Jewish leaders. Luke translates additional Aramaic as 
Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So what brought out this big exuberant crowd, one might wonder? Well, John alludes to it in his account in John chapter 12, verses 17 and 18. They'd heard about the four-day dead Lazarus having been raised from the dead back in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 17, and they just wanted to come get a glimpse of Jesus, the man who'd done all that. Make no mistake about it, the people were acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah while he rode into Jerusalem as royalty, even spreading branches and garments in his way to make a clean path for royalty. Furthermore, thousands of visiting Jews were there that day in anticipation of celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem. Jesus had been preaching about the kingdom of God through his entire ministry. That kingdom of God was the message of the Messianic rule prophesied by the Old Testament prophets. In Luke's account, Luke chapter 19, verse 39, we see that the Pharisees call upon Jesus to rebuke these people who are welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem as the Messiah. Well, of course, Jesus does no such thing, but perhaps uses a few words from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 11 instead, likely alluding to the fact that just as the stones could cry out regarding Babylonian atrocities back in Habakkuk 2.11, so could these stones cry out regarding the true identity of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Incidentally, their reference to Jesus as master in verse 39 comes from the Greek word didaskalos. It's the word used to identify a rabbi or even a master teacher. Thus, the command from the Pharisees here is literally this, Teacher, rebuke your pupils. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.